Happy first week of New Year's. Oh my God, how was your New Year's, everybody? I know you guys aren't going to give me any any news on how New Year's was because obviously you can't talk to me. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, yeah, it's the New Year's. Uh, um, I'm I'm chilling. You know, like I said, I saw. Uh, we're going to be talking today about Cobra Kai Season 4. And we're going to be talking about the second episode of Bubba Fett. Uh, but yes, like always, I would like to start off with some trailers. You know, go into the Cobra Kai questionnaire. Bubba Fett, maybe drop some news here and there. And then finish off with reviews and recommendations. Um, but yes, like always, we're going to start off with uh, this trailer that dropped about four months ago on HBO Max. Merry Little... What was it? Merry Little Batman? Uh, Damian Wayne's... Uh, Damian Wayne DC animated Christmas movie announced. I guess it's just going to be a, a Christmas movie. Let's see, Merry Little... The series, an animated series. So we're going to check out this trailer and I'll uh, see what's going on with that. Uh... <laughs> A new DC anime. Alright, that's not a trailer. See this one. Alrighty. What is this? Oh no, this is a bunch of DC stuff. I guess there's no trailer out yet. They're just saying all showing a whole bunch of DC stuff. Alright, wait a minute. Okay, what's this? Hi there, movie fans. Here's a little exclusive news leak. A Merry Little Batman animation series is being developed by Warner Brothers. The new animated series is the result of a collaboration between HBO Max and Cartoon Network, and will be available only on HBO Max. The series will follow Damian Wayne as he transforms into Little Batman and attempts to defend Gotham throughout the Christmas season. The show will most likely premiere in the weeks leading up to Christmas, or as a special on Christmas Day. Until the next time. Uh, what does that mean? Um, is it for next year? Uh, is it for next year? Because they don't have a trailer out. Um, Wally, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, guys, I'm here, obviously, uh, shooting the podcast while I'm laying down because I'm being lazy today. And my dog's on top of me and he's sniffing my face. So you might hear him sniffing around. But yeah, Merry Little Batman looks like it's going to be something that's going to be coming maybe in the next upcoming year. Let me see. Let me just double check it. Merry Little Batman. <laughs> get Wally, get out of here. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, so it is due out. It's not a sad day. Yeah, 2022. I guess it's coming out for this upcoming Christmas in 2022. So we gotta wait a whole year for this. Uh, let me see if there's an actual date of release. Do, 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 do. No, it just says 2022. So yeah, that's something for you guys to look forward to in the upcoming year. Um, so they're already showing things that are gonna be coming for 2022. Are we gonna be here? Let's be a little optimistic and say we are because the thing is the pandemic keeps clearing out our friends and family, you know. I'm not trying to joke around with that. It's serious because uh, the pandemic is morphing into all different types of things. Hopefully, I'm 
I'm hoping that it's getting weaker as it goes along because honestly, you know, uh, we don't know what, what it's, it's, you know, a lot of people are saying this is man-made. A lot of people are saying this is, you know, coincidental, uh, so much stuff that's it's just too much. All right. Next trailer we're going to take a look at. It's uh, 2021. Uh, the trailer came out about 11 months ago. It stars nobody that I can see. That's, but let's check out the trailer. Uh, yeah. It's called Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Liberty, Liberty. Come on, man. I hate these commercials. It's with Devon Sawa. Jeez. (laughs) Starts off with a a guy on a horse and some big-breasted woman on the, the horse. On the other horse. Is Devon Sawa, uh, Kim director. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's Danny Trejo. I don't think you want to talk this way. Get out of here. <laughs> what is it you want? Sanctuary. I seek sanctuary. Death Rider in the House of Vampires. This is so funny. Is one of those low-budget movies. There is a reason so many seek the comfort of sanctuary. Oh, yeah, this is a low-budget horror movie. And the worst fate always. You ever see what happens when you pour liquid silver down the water? Hey, Eli Roth. <laughs> Eli Roth. That's funny. Eli Roth. Yeah, I'm 
Oh my god, this movie looks horrendous. <laughs> Kim Director is uh, the last time I saw her, I think, and the only time that I saw her was in uh, Book of Shadows, uh, Blair Witch 2. So, uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires. The synopsis reads, In the Wild West, a mysterious Death Rider enters a dangerous vampire sanctuary where the price of admission is a one female virgin. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, next trailer we're going to look at is called The Gateway. Let's check this out. <clears throat> Come on, man. Hey guys, I started a new shift at work. I work now from 5 o'clock in the morning to 1.30, which is the best because I get to get out earlier. I'm still contemplating whether I want to get a second job. I can get it, but I don't know. So, okay, so the Gateway starts Olivia Munn and she, she, Shay Wigham came out in 2021, obviously last year. And it's a, it's been five months old, so let's check this out. Almost twenty years ago, we filmed the original, and now we're still doing the same stupid. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if this is another low-budget horror movie. My name is Barbara Joe, and I'm with Social Services. Police and paramedics. I had a uh, female DOI. I'm your social worker. You had a daughter needs to get to school in time. Stop lying. You're my family. I'm trying. Hey, Olivia Munn is so cute. I didn't know you were getting out today. Dahlia! You're the man who's been looking after my family, huh? I'm back. I'd love nothing more than have to come by here anymore. Prodigal son is home. Some chatter on the inside must be a real story. You take care of business. We're going in there for the money and the drugs. I'm worried about Ashley. I'm also concerned for you. What you bring to the house game singing. Tell me this isn't happening again. What you hold so dear. Think you can do a big favor for Dad today? This happened here because of you. You got the cartel after all of us. Why didn't you help us? No one helped me when I needed it most. They're in trouble. I'm in trouble. Alright, this looks good. It's getting close. I've seen so many families. They clip that they're about to fall off of. And there's nothing I can do to stop it. You actually can help people. You have an opportunity to get something done. Shade with him. Olivia Munn. Taryn Manning. Frank Grillo. Bruce Stern. This was your family. What would you do? The gateway. 
it came out on September 3rd, so it's out now. Um, so yeah, you can check it out. Uh, the synopsis reads, a social worker assigned to care to the care of the daughter of a single mother intervenes when dad returns from prison and lures them into a life of crime. It's like, it's crazy because there's a lot of people out there like that, that, you know, they come out of prison and that's all they've ever known. And it's not enough that, you know, they have a wife and a child and they want to, re you know, like redo their life. They're over here pretty much still in the same spiel. And it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, change your life. It's about time, you know? All right, uh, we spoke about this trailer a while ago. Uh, it came out online. I mean, it came out a while ago. It's uh, called Cry Macho. It starred uh, Clint Eastwood. He also directed it, and he started. It's just, I don't understand what he's still doing acting. I mean, I get it. It's You're still an actor, and you can still do it. But my, my, my boy, you're old as all hell, and it's like you can't be the... That, that that young cat anymore you know this trailer came out five months ago let's check this out it's called cry macho back when we had winners i was afraid to lose you to the competition five times you won the all-american that was a long time ago wasn't it that was before the accident before the boons you know how many people told me to just cut you loose you gonna say anything? Howard, I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man. But you know, there's no reason to be rude. You owe me, Mike. You gave me your word. And that used to mean something. My son, Rafael, he's in trouble. I want to get him out of Mexico. You want me to go down there and kidnap him? Please, just get him back up here. Just you. Just me. You're up here. Come out now. I'm a friend of the family. Touch me and then kick your ass on me. Jesus Christ. This year. Get in the back. We go and I tell you, okay? Look, the only place you're gonna go is the hospital. You get too angry. It's not good for you. A Warner Brothers Pictures presents. Natural. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now. Clint Eastwood. Can I tell you something? This macho thing is overrated. Just people trying to be macho show that they've got grit. That's about all they end up with. It's like anything else in life, you think you got all the answers. I'm Mike. Matt. And you realize you get older, you don't have any of them. We all have to make choices in life, kid. You have to make yours. His name is Metro. Like me. Very strong rooster. Whatever. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Yeah, he wants to name this cock Macho. <laughs> it's okay by me. 
Oh, man. Even that movie flopped. It was released during the time of the pandemic, obviously, during the early time of the pandemic. So movie didn't make no money. It was a big flop. I mean, the, the reviews weren't that great. Uh, like I said, uh, Clint Eastwood needs to hang up his cleats or his uh, his cowboy boots and give him like you. He can write and still direct, but give the acting roles to his son. Scott Eastwood looks a lot like him and is young i'm sorry uh, it's it's about time to hang up your boot your 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 boots uh the synopsis read a one-time rodeo star and washed up horse breeder takes a job to bring a young man's young a young uh, a man's young son home away from his alcoholic mom on their journey the horseman finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man I mean, it had its moments and all that stuff, but honestly, to tell you the truth, it's it's honestly not not like ah man, the movie wasn't good. It it could it could have been better, but it wasn't. It just needs to stop. All right, uh, so we are gonna move on to do 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 Yellowstone. Yellowstone official trailer starring Kevin Costner. No, no, this is not it. Is it? No, Yellowstone was... No, this was a show, I think, that was coming out to to uh, Paramount because here it says Yellowstone but it shows a trailer for a Kevin Costner movie from back in the dinosaur era yeah I think it's this one excuse me I'll <clears throat> make sure this is it it's a Paramount show yeah 1883 isn't that what it is just gotta make sure this is what I'm looking at. Yellowstone bikers, Yellowstone. Let's see, trench trailer. They're already on season four. Damn, no wonder it started in 2018. But uh, I don't get it. Season one, Yellowstone spinoff 666, the ending. John Dutton. I don't know. Where is this? So it turns out it's Yellowstone Season 4. Get it, get it, go! Hey, you're John Dutton, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, that's not mine. It's addressed to you. Wait, I don't know what that is. Don't! Kelsey! Officer, sit down! We got a right to sit down! Jesus Christ. I died! Don't you die on me now. Not like this. You hear me? Oh, my God. 
What's happening? I don't know. Just get to the bunkhouse. Fair. Moral. Those are words men invented to scare and shame other men from taking back what they've stolen. But right or wrong. There's no such thing. Everybody pays. Yellowstone season four. Yellowstone two hour premiere event, Sunday, November 7th and 8th, exclusively on Paramount Network. Alrighty, so that's out right now. I know I got it confused because Yellowstone and 1883 is created by the same people who did Yellowstone. So um, I was a little confused, but Yellowstone is on the season four, which just started. So, I mean, it looks like an interesting show. Maybe I'll give it a try. I mean, I am giving a lot of stuff a try, so. Oh. So, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was Yellowstone. So next trailer we're going to check out is called, oh, well, I mean, you guys all know about this. Seinfeld. Seinfeld going to Netflix. Or it should be on Netflix right now because uh, most of these trailers have came out a while, but I've always, you know, I don't care. I like to speak when I speak or when I see. They are hungry. Yes. Seinfeld on Netflix. I love you to infinity. Oh. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm moving in. I saw your name on the bus. You must be Kessler. Uh, no, actually, it's Kramer. Uh. Get ready. This falls hot at new show. Why not? It's finally moved. To Netflix. We all have that one friend. Meet four of them. Yeah, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Enjoy. Look, comedian. The coward. I don't know what your parents did to you. Trust me, he's a bad seed. He's a horrible seed. He's one of the worst seeds I've ever seen. And you two were friends? Yeah, we're good friends. The wild card. Uh, yes, I'm uh, Dr. Van Ostrom from the clinic. I'm gonna need Elaine Dennis's uh, charge. I see it. What clinic is that again? Oh, that's correct. Join Jerry, Elaine, Kramer, and George. In a 180 episode on October 1st. Hey, uh, George isn't too happy uh, about your new friendship. Yeah, I don't really give a sh. Let the misadventures begin. It's against the law? Well, yeah. By the way, uh, I'm not getting married. Tell mom. Bye. Seinfeld on Netflix. 
Started on October 1st, so now that Friends got taken over by HBO Max, <laughs> uh, Netflix needed to get something new, so there it goes. Netflix has took Seinfeld, another great series, in all... Oh, my head. Uh, all... Get out of here. All nine seasons. So, enjoy. Alright, and so the last trailer we're going to be looking at, it is a re-release of a famous 1983 film uh, entitled The Outsiders, which is which got a re-release uh, from Studio Canal UK. And the trailer came out, uh, I think it was like, what, five months ago? It got re-released. The, the, the synopsis reads, the rivalry between two gangs, the poor greasers and the rich socks, only heats up when one gang member kills a member of the other. Again, if you went to school around the same time that I did, this was one of the books that we all read and uh, we saw the movie for and all that stuff. It starred... Uh, it's, it's getting a 4K release. Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio. Uh, it's just a slew. Of, you have a slew of different um, actors. Emilio Estevez, C. Thomas Howell. These were all up-and-comers at the time. Rob Lowe. Uh, did I say Tom Cruise? Yes, I did. Um, Diane Lane. I mean, it was Darren Dalton. It was just so many people from back in the day. Uh, these guys got, I think this was Tom Cruise's like first real movie. But uh, yeah, it's uh, being re-released by, like I said, um, 4K by Studio Canal and American Zoetrope. So let's just listen to the trailer. I bet they're looking for us. This is our territory. I wish that you could concentrate on something else just once in a while. What's your name? Coming to be. Pony Ball Curtis. Pony Ball Curtis. in an iconic generation. Such a great movie. See Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, Diane Lane. The complete novel. They re-released it in cinemas back in 2021, which I would have loved to have seen it. Um, it's pretty funny because uh, a spoiler alert. We're going to go into spoilers because we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about. Oh my God, Cobra Kai season four, and there's a little piece in the movie that if you're a fan of Ralph Macchio, I mean, there's a little piece in the show. If you're a fan of Ralph Macchio, you'll see, you'll hear something that he says about um, a fight breaking out at the drive-in, and you know that's a reference to The Outsiders, which Ralph Macchio was also part of, because he's, you know, obviously he was in the Cobra Kai, I mean, he was in the Karate Kid movies, and he's one of the main 
characters for the Cobra Kai show. So when he makes that reference, I caught it. I'm like, oh, snap, that's pretty funny that he would do that. Um, throwing a quick little reference to his uh, his earlier years in The Outsiders. But yes, we're going to go pay some bills and we'll be right back with some questionnaires. Alrighty, we are back, like always, uh, here with the greatest of all greatest and greats. I'm joking. All right, so we're going to go right into it. Uh, the questionnaire, and obviously this is, spoiler alert, you got five seconds to shut it off, go watch the season, or go watch the series. Go watch everything, and then come back. Um, it's Cobra Kai season four, one, two, three, four, five, you have been warned. All right, first question. Who is Miguel's dad? If you have been keeping up with Cobra Kai, Miguel is the son of the next-door neighbor who has been dating um, the karate teacher. What's his name? Uh, yeah. Johnny. Why, why did I go? Why did I blank out? I don't know. Leave me alone. I'm an old fart. You know, I'll try my best. Uh, so he's been dating. Uh, she, he's the son of the girl, the girl, the woman he uh, that Johnny's been dating. The question is, who's Miguel's dad? So the answer to this question at the end of the se- after season, you get to see it says the question of the identity of Miguel's dad, who is played by Zolo Maridueña, father has been lurking in the background since the first season. Few solid details about Miguel's dad are known, except that he ha- he was involved in the cartel to such a dangerous degree that Carmen, that's the mother, played by Vanessa Rubio, left Ecuador with Miguel in order to get away from him. Notably, Miguel's grandmother calls Carmen's ex-husband a shithead. In the final moments of season four finale, Miguel boards a bus towards Mexico City in search of his father, who who he insists he must know in order to better understand himself. I don't see why, because his mom has made it a point to let him know that he was a dangerous man. But I don't know, man. He thinks that he's going to go see him, I guess, change him or whatever the heck. Second question. What will happen to Crease and who will replace him? If you saw the ending of season four, something happens to Crease and... Uh, a lot of questions arose and, you know, obviously if you're a fan of the movies, you would obviously think that there's going to be the return of another character. So it says the season four finale sees an unlikely partnership between Silver and Stingray. Paul Walter Hauser results in the arrest of none other than Silver's former army buddy and co-sensei John Kreese. As Kreese is taken away in cuffs, Silver says, don't worry about a thing. I'm sure I can dig up a friend or two to help out with Cobra Kai while you deal with your legal problems. Who could Silver be referring to? And have we seen them before? There are a handful of characters from the original Karate Kid trilogy who have yet to appear in Cobra Kai. Perhaps this is how we see Mike Barnes. His work with the group gives him an opportunity to positively and to be fair negatively impact the lives of many violence-prone children in the San Fernando Valley, given the show's history of villains slowly becoming allies. It seems possible that Johnny and Daniel might eventually be willing to 
turn to crease for help and perhaps support him too that'll be crazy it's like all these villains you know, johnny i mean Dan, daniel Russo was the only hero in the series but all of a sudden he's friends with johnny and imagine because you kind of saw it in this season that there was a term for for the worst and it looked like Crease wanted to be good. I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy if they all tag team each other. It would be Cobra Kai, uh, Eagle Fang, and Miyagi Dode all together. This is crazy. Third question How is Chosen going to help Daniel? In closing moments of season four finale, Daniel appears before the tombstone with Mr. Miyagi, Pat, Pat Morita, just as he has done countless times before. He pleads before the late karate master's grave and asks for help to defeat Cobra Kai. However, Daniel is not so desperate as to actually ask the dead for assistance. Instead, he is speaking to someone else who was accompanied, who has accompanied him to pay his respects to Mr. Miyagi, chosen Toguchi, who's played by Yuji Okumoto. Oh, Okumoto. His former enemy from the Karate Kid Part 2 Chosen's appearance in Season 4 finale is important. Not only is it indicative of how Daniel plans to defeat Cobra Kai in Season 5, but his arrival marks the character's first on-screen trip to the United States, signifying that he, too, recognizes the dire situation in which Miyagi-Do find, finds itself. While it is unclear exactly how Daniel plans for Chosen to help his team, it might have something to do with the various Miyagi-Do artifacts inherited by Chosen after his sensei's death. You know, at the beginning, well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We'll just answer that in the question four. What is on the scroll that Anthony opens? Anthony is Daniel's son. <clears throat> Literally, Daniel's son, not Daniel's son. <laughs> In Season 4, Episode 7, titled Minefields, Daniel is surprised to find his youngest son, child, Anthony, played by Griffin Centipietro, looking over various artifacts in the dojo. When Anthony asks his father about a fragile scroll he finds in a box underneath Mr. Miyagi's portrait, Daniel replies, That's a technique that I hope none of us will ever need to use. Though this scroll looks similar to the one that Daniel finds in Okinawa during Season 3, the markings on this page are mostly def most definitely different. It's possible that the scroll is the same one chosen gifted to Daniel in season three episode five miyagi do but it also it's also possible he received a different scroll at another time daniel doesn't go into detail about what the scroll teaches but he words to anthony and his words to anthony imply the most the move is drastic and he has never used it before I was kind of interested in waiting to see if they actually showed what that move was in season four, but I guess we're going to have to wait. Anticipation is the key. Who wins the rematch between Daniel and Johnny? Come on, this has been brewing for the longest. After Johnny and Daniel discovered that Terry Silver is back in the game, they regroup at a bar to talk over their respective approaches to coaching. However, instead of developing a plan to fight Crease and Silver, the two create a plan to fight each other. They part with an agreement to meet at the Miyagi-Do Dojo for a fight that will decide who takes over the rest of the training. 
Surrounded by their students, Johnny and Daniel engage in an epic battle, which is refereed by Miguel and and Samantha. Johnny gets the first point, but Daniel quickly follows this up with a point of his own. Minutes later, the two are tied, and with only one point to go for the win, they once again find themselves in sudden death. Daniel kicks Johnny in the face at nearly the exact same time as Johnny punches Daniel in the face. The resulting action ends with both senseis in the on the ground unsure of what just happened the instant replay provided courtesy of chris khalil average is also inclusive so that's what the season was all about season four uh those that's pretty much overall questionnaire um it just left it open uh you see uh, uh you know zolo uh, maridueña uh, going off to look for his father. Uh, it looks like they t- they take John Kreese. The police take John Kreese. Terry Silver inherits Cobra Kai. And um, the Cobra Kai wins. No, actually, yeah. Cobra Kai wins the, the, the trophy. And it looks like Eagle Fang and uh, Miyagi-Do are left out in the cold. So what's going to happen next? Stay tuned. I guess we're going to have to wait till I don't know how long we're going to wait for season five. But let's talk about the book of Boba Fett, episode two. First question, will Boba Fett replace Jabba's rancor? Bib Fortuna didn't replace Jabba's beast in the years following his predecessor's death. But as Fett grows his criminal empire, he may find himself in need of a new monster to execute or terrorize his enemies. Patissa... Jabba's rancor in Return of the Jedi died in the film, but perhaps Fett could replace him with Muchi, another rancor of Jabba's seen in Star Wars The Bad Batch. Okay. The the rancor seems to be like a baby. I don't know. I saw it there and I'm like, okay, are we going to start seeing a lot of people or creatures getting eaten? Like the little pig? In that, in, in uh, I think it was Return of the, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Question two: Was Boba Fett's assailant lying about his employer? The Order of the Night Wind assassin wasn't intimidated by Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, but he quickly claimed that he'd been hired by Mok Shais. When dropped into the empty Rancor pit, the assassin could have falsely accused most espas mayor of hiring him, saving himself without betraying his client in the process. Mug rather suspiciously has the assassin killed for ch- shortly after he's brought before him by Fett and Shan. They pretty much tricked him because there was no rancor at the time inside there so he thought he was gonna get eaten but there was no monster in there uh question three did garza flip betray boba fett mock shies claims that he didn't hire the assassins who attacked boba fett and fennec shand in the previous episode and he implied that their true betrayer is garza flip the owner of the most espa sanctuary cantina flips 
nervousness upon being confronted by Fett and, Sh and Shand moments later could be them suspecting her treachery, but it might also be from the sudden arrival of the twins. Shahis claimed that the Order of the Nightwind doesn't operate outside of hot space, su suggesting that he that the assassins might have been hired by the twins who are working towards undermining Fett's rule of, da of Daimyo. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Question number four, what is the state of the Huck clan? The Huck clan was featured prominently in Star Wars The Clone Wars, but their leadership underwent drastic reshaping before the events of Return of the Jedi. Dar Darth Vader kills... Every member of the Hutt Grand Council, save for Jabba in Marvel Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunter story arc. Following Jabba's death in Return of the Jedi, the Hutt clan seems to have lost a significant amount of power and influence further evidenced by the Bounty Hunters Guild lacking the presence in Tatooine, according to the Mandalorian. So yeah, in this show we get to see a lot of the the huts. So I'm assuming this is either they're trying to restart it, because um, this show is supposed to be after the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian is supposed to happen after. I'm assuming, yeah, it's supposed to happen after the Return of the Jedi. So the huts are still running around, but as this says, because honestly they don't show any of the huts getting killed off here, but it says that Darth Vader killed them. Darth Vader kills every member of the Hut Grand Council, save for Jabba. So I guess we have to wait and see what happens in the future episodes, because right now the twin huts are there, so I don't know. Episode 5, what is the shared history between Bubba Fett and Black... Let me see if I can pronounce this. Krasantan, who is a Wookiee. Black Chrysanthemum, a Wookiee bounty hunter who some book of Boba Fett viewers may be unfamiliar with. Star Wars comic readers, however, should be quite familiar with the Wookiee mercenary, given his prominence in Marvel's Darth Vader and Dr. Afro comics. Despite his many appearances, Black Chrysanthemum has few interactions with Boba Fett in the comics and Fett's dialogue in the book of Boba Fett implies a history between the two that the comics haven't shown yet. So Black Krasanstan, he, he I, I I gotta wait and see on this character because he's badass. Like he's he's I think he's bigger than than, than Chewbacca. And Chewbacca's pretty tall. Number six. What made Tatooine's ocean dry up? In the Chieftain mentions, the Chieftain mentions to Fett and the Tusken Raiders have lived on Tatooine since before the world's oceans dried up. This may be referencing legend era Tatooine lore as revealed in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which I still have to either read or play because I heard it's a really good game. In the Legends continuity, Tatooine was once covered in oceans and jungled, inhabited by the technological, te technologically advanced Kumanga species. Tatooine became part of the Rakatan Infinite Empire, which the Kumanga successfully 
rebelled against. The Rakata responded by orbitally bombarding the planet, permanently altering its terrain and leading the Kumanga to evolve into Tatooine's Tusken Raiders and Jawas. While the Book of Boba Fett may follow the Mandalorian and bring portions of the Legends lore into the post-2014 canon continuity, the planet may have become a desert world through different means as well. So, pretty much, obviously, you have to be, I'll tell you right now, you have to be really, 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 like, following the, the comic books, the cartoon series, the, the, the books, the novels, and all that in order to understand what's going on right now in the Book of Boba Fett. A lot of the characters that are coming into play in these series will be characters that you've seen in the cartoons, in the comics, and in the books. Because a lot of these new characters, like Black Krasanstan, I didn't know about the twins, I didn't know about uh, Mozespa, Mark Shais, um, a lot of the, what's her name, uh, uh, Fwip, I never, never knew none about these characters, but they're new to us who aren't the, the, the regular readers. But, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait, you know, episode three is right around the corner. So, uh, let's go to a quick transition and we'll come back with reviews and recommendations. So we are back. We're going to go right into reviews and recommendations. Um, next week, we'll follow up with uh, uh, the first three episodes of Peacemaker. You know, they were they released um, on the 13th. We're going to talk about the third episode of Book of Bubba Fett. And we'll try to squeeze in some news in there. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to go right into reviews and recommendations. So my first one is I Love You to Infinity. So I finally saw the finale. I think this is the finale, yeah, of Cats versus Dogs, the movies. There's like a trilogy or whatever the case may be. I forget what it was. But the second, the third, the third and final one was the Cats versus Dogs Paws United. So uh, it reads, Gwen, and, Gwen the Cats and Roger the Dog are secret agents who covertly protect and save the world without humans ever finding out their partnership is due to the great truce which has stopped dog and cat hostility for decades. I'll tell you right now, the, from what I remember, because around this time I was watching a lot of... Uh, a lot of movies and stuff like that, trying to catch up on things because I was going through my COVID period. I was really sick and delirious, so I was just watching whatever I can get my hands on so I can uh, pretty much, I don't know, kill the time and see if I could get any better. But yeah, uh, Cats and Dogs, I liked the first one. It was okay. The second one was better, but the third one was just, I don't know, it was too kiddie-ish. And I guess that's what they were going for. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's there. Uh, I believe it's on, is it Hulu or Amazon? It's on one of those. I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere. Moving on. Um, so, this one I did not watch in the theaters. I honestly didn't have no 
wants to watch this in the theaters or cared to watch this in the theaters. Uh, but I watched it, and honestly, I was so bored with it. Uh, I mean, I saw Angelina Jolie in it. She's not a good... I mean, besides the movie Salt and Wanted, and uh, this movie just wasn't one of my favorites. The name of the title was Those Who Wish Me Dead. And that's the funny thing, that this is called Those Who Wish Me Dead, but the title has nothing... T it just fell out of place with the actual movie. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the synopsis reads, a teenage murder... Witness, a teenage murder witnesses finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. I thought this movie was just boring. Um, this was one of the movies that was released during the early times of the pandemic. Um, I, I know a couple of friends who saw it and they said the movie was amazing. When I started watching it, uh, such a waste of time. It was boring. It's based on a book. So, I mean, I guess you'll have to watch it when it comes out. I mean, well, I'll watch it, but you can read the book too. Maybe you'll get a better uh, understanding with the book. I don't know. So this movie has eluded me for so many years. I, I heard a friend who said this movie was one of the great movies. It was... Uh, uh, I, I just had to check it out. Uh, so the name, of the, the name of the movie... Uh, it was starring Burt Reynolds. The name of the movie... John Voight. The name of the movie is Deliverance. Intent on seeming the Kahulawasi River before it's dammed and turned into a lake, outdoor fanatic Lewis Medlock takes his friends on a canoeing trip they, they'll they never forget in the dangerous American backcountry. This movie was just so freaking crazy. I had no idea. But then again, back in these movies, they did a lot of rape movies. And it just so happens that they is these pillbillies who find these guys and they start raping. They raped the chubby one. Oh, my gosh. So freaking weird. And then after that, they just go on a... They want to kill them. They want to kill them. And they have to go through the rivers. And uh, uh, John Voight has to do all these death-defying things. And, in, in like, rocks. Climb rocks. Some climb mountains. Oh, my God. It's such a crazy movie. But it was really good. I mean, a lot of people have spoken about this movie for so long. I mean, it won awards. I mean, one of the songs... That that me they, they became famous from this movie was it was such a freaking funny thing. But I guess back in the day when this movie first came out was one of the biggest things. To watch it now is just very silly. Uh, next movie that I actually went I, I, at this point I was actually getting better. From, uh, I'm assuming, yeah, I was getting better from my, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I was, I was coming out of my COVID pay, but I was still masked up. So at this point, I can go out. So I went to go watch Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to Venom. Uh, Tom Hardy returns to the big screen as a lethal protector, Venom, one of Marvel's greatest and most complex characters. Now, this movie was not as entertaining as the first one. Uh, they didn't. Uh, my whole thing was um, they could have they could have explored more into the Carnage character, and they didn't. It, it, it was uh, I don't know. It, 
it was so fast paced I mean the only thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was the actual uh, secret ending because it Venom was thrusted into the 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 multi the multiverse and that's the only thing that I really enjoyed about this movie I don't know my friends will actually say something different but I don't know my opinions is what stands and honestly I just really hope that the MCU does it more justice uh, moving on, I saw this movie that I shouldn't watch in the theaters, but then again, because of the pandemic, it actually got sold. I forget which which uh, streaming site it went to. I think it might have been HBO Max. Um, so I watched it. It was called Greenland. It was with uh, Gerard Butler. Again, another uh, another destroy the world type movie uh, with hurricanes and all that other stuff, uh, earthquakes and stuff. So the name of the movie is, uh, I mean, the title, I mean, the synopsis is a family struggles to survive for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster i heard you're making a sequel or a continuation or something like that um movie was all right wasn't great it was about something that happened it was a natural disaster that was about to happen and um the father has to get the mother and her kid to this uh place uh where, where they're no they have been chosen to move on to this like uh, safe place, but it turns out that one of his kids has asthma, and they decide to get him off. And I thought, oh man, it was it was heartbreaking. All the stuff they have to go through in order to just to get the medicine and stuff, crazy. And the last thing that I saw, like I always told you, like I told you guys, I've been doing a very Merry Christmas parade, uh, um, a marathon uh, from Walt Disney. This is 1991's Walt Disney uh, World, A Very Merry Christmas Parade, 20th anniversary with two parades on Christmas Day, Mickey Mouse's Very Merry Christmas Parade and uh, Disney MGM Studios. No, wait, it was done at Disney MGM Studios and from the Magic Kingdom, it's all new 20th anniversary surprise celebration parade. Yay! And with that comes to my conclusion of this podcast. We will talk next week, uh, like I said, of uh, uh, more news. I have to bring in the news because I wasn't able to add it in here. But we have to talk about Peacemaker. See episodes one, two, three. They released them all together. Or they're going to release them all together on the 13th. And we'll talk about the Book of Bubba Fett. Thank you guys so much. You can follow me on the on the on on all the major hashtags on the, as Dave. D Saints or Dave underscore D underscore Saints or David Santiago. If you want to follow me at PNZ, you can follow me as Ariel Dean 81. Ariel Dean 81 as an Ariel under the C. Dean as in James Dean and 81 as in the number that comes after 80. You guys have a good night. And just like uh, Gus J. Swirl 77 says all the time, take care of me.